When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. If you couldn't already tell by that truly awful intro music impersonation, we are doing a special Game of Thrones episode. Uh, and pretty much every terrible thing that, ha- that could happen happened during that period. You know, war, famine, plague. And he was this warlord. He conquered Wales. He invaded Scotland six times. He was very brutal, but never for the fun of it. He wasn't a sadist. He just did it because he wanted to further the interests of his of his family. He's obviously um, the inspiration for Tywin Lannister, uh, and she tricked them by giving them special presents without realizing she'd expected them to give the presents onto the, her lovers. And the two lovers ended up being flayed, which is a very very cruel and unusual punishment, even in medieval times. Would you rather have? A proportionately big head and a small body, or a big body and a small head? I'd probably go big head, small body. I think you go big body, small head. A big head is really noticeable. People would have to look at you for a while to realize that your head is too small. I can tell you what, Ned doesn't have a head anymore. (laughs) Too soon. You're Samwell Tarling and everybody damn well knows it. No, God damn it. If he suddenly um, happened to that actor, they could just see a picture of you and be like, oh, we got it. Don't worry about it. No one will even know. <laughs> I mean, I, I have sent, you know, these showrunners my photo every day for three years hoping. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. I have to admit that I was late to the Game of Thrones bandwagon. I think they were already on season three when I started watching season one. But as soon as I started watching it, it really, to me, became the best show on television. Not just the best show, but a a show that changed the way that I watch everything else. Right? Because only in Game of Thrones do you really not know what's going to happen. You look at most other shows, and all right, this is the good guy, this is the good girl, this is the person who's eventually going to win, and the only real question is how is it going to happen? Not in Game of Thrones, right? Not only do you not know how it's going to happen, but you really don't know who's going to win. So real quick, I want to talk about a contest that we have going on where you could win as much as $500. We have our Game of Thrones contest that is now up and going. All you have to do, go to our website, profoundlypointless.com, pick what you think is going to happen with certain characters, and if you get it right, you could win as much as $500 depending on how many people enter. That said, one of the things that has also really captivated me about about Game of Thrones is just the politics of it, the story, the characters are one of the great parts. The amazing thing I'm finding out from our first guest, though, is that as crazy as you think these politics and these stories and these people are, the real thing, the real life events that these characters in this story is based on, is even wilder. Our first guest is Ed West. He's the author of Iron, Fire, and Ice, the real history that inspired Game of Thrones. Why did you decide to write this book? Well, um, I've always been really, really fascinated with history, uh, medieval history in particular, English medieval history. And so when Game of Thrones came out, 
Uh, I read the books first, uh, then I watched the TV show, uh, and then I originally wrote this as a, as a short ebook. It was an Amazon Kindle single, which you know, they're short. This was, it was about twenty five thousand words called the realm. Um, and then a uh, literary agency heard about it and they said, yeah, I think it'd make a good full size book. So that's been like basically five years on and off in the making. And really it's more because the, the characters in the show really, I mean, the characters are what makes, it. I mean, obviously it's got loads of dragons and violence and, and it's very grandiose and exciting, but without the characters, it wouldn't be anything really. Uh, and that's what really interested me from a historical point of view, because the, the comparisons with real figures who are, uh, almost as interesting, or perhaps just as interesting as uh, George R. R. Martin's creation. How similar is kind of the basic plot to what actually happened in history? Uh, besides, obviously, the dragons and things. Yeah, yeah, the dragons. Well, the dragon, dragon myth comes into so many things uh, throughout. I mean, you know, St. George and the dragon and uh, in all sorts of European myths, the dragon uh, symbolizes sort of, um, man's sort of struggle, sometimes the demon within him. So that's kind of poignant as well. I mean, the main framework of Game of Thrones is uh, it takes place that in the late medieval. It's called. It was a period called the Crisis of the Late Middle Ages, and it really starts uh, in 1315 when the, the temperature in Europe suddenly dropped by as much as 10 degrees, and it was a very terrifying moment for people in Europe because it had gone through a very very hot period. Uh, at the time, England produced wine that was considered very good, um, and it was two or three degrees hotter than it is even now. Uh, but then all of a sudden, and no, and no one really knew why, and there was rain nonstop across France and Germany from from uh, March till uh, all the way through the summer. Uh, and then as a result, obviously, everyone starved. And it was this great famine came along. Ten percent of Europe starved. Um, and that was the start of this um, terrible period of conflict and destruction. And it started a sort of a real life long winter, that the, um, the Little Ice Age, which lasted for four centuries. Uh, and which massively reduced the population of Europe. And then after that, there was the Great Plague, which killed another third. There was the Hundred Years' War, which George R. R. Martin says is an inspiration for his um, creation. And then when that was that was us, that was actually two or three wars. And then when, when that was lost, the English aristocracy turned on themselves uh, in a sort of great bitterness. But there, there were so many aristocrats uh, chasing these few positions, and they were in decline, economic decline. Uh, and they were also extremely violent. And so they the two leading families ended up fighting over the crown in England, the House of Lancaster and House of York. And that's obviously the most obvious inspiration for the Lannisters and Starks. Um, but really, his inspiration is the whole of that period, the 14th and 15th century. And that's the main area my book covers. But there are, there are other bits of it. There are things like elements of Rome and Greece uh, and the Mongols, uh, also like the Dothraki, uh, and pretty much every terrible thing that, ha that could happen happened during that period, you know, war, famine, plague, uh, also schism in the church and various other conflicts. So it was interesting. So are there are there certain characters that really line up with real life people? For example, Robin Baratheon is in one sense, he's the inspiration for Edward IV. Or Edward IV is also the inspiration for Rob Stark. So Edward IV was the head of the House of York. He was a very glamorous Figure, like very sexually charged, a complete sex maniac, um, impregnating every woman he could. Uh, as a young man, he was an incredibly charismatic, brilliant leader. He fought a series of battles when he was only 18. He won. He won the crown at the age of 19. Then he became this bloated old sex maniac who was drunk, uh, grossly obese, and then suddenly um, died from excess of some sort. We're not entirely sure. Possibly something like pneumonia. But he had two brothers, so that's obviously... Um, and one of them was a very uh, serious and slightly sinister and very religious figure who ends up, as everyone knows, Richard III, he ends up almost certainly murdering Edward's children. The only one who probably is pretty much exactly like a figure in that he so closely resembles, and, and Martin said this, is Edward I. Now, this my book starts um, really in Edward I's reign. He died just before the Great Famine began, and he was the great sort of warrior, warlord um, figure, king of England. And and he was this warlord. He conquered Wales. He invaded Scotland six times. He was very brutal, but never for the fun of it. He wasn't a sadist. He just did it because he wanted to further the interests of his of his family. Um, and he would do anything to further the interests of his family. Um, and he put people to utter misery, and he put um, aristocratic women in cages and beheaded aristocrats, which was a huge uh, turn because that never happened before. And he's obviously... Um, Inspiration for Tywin Lannister. I mean, he's very, and he was also a widower, very happily married, devoted 
to his first wife, Edward's wife. And Edward also hated his son, who was an outcast, who was a figure who couldn't be respected, who was sort of um, a despicable figure at the time. He wasn't, he wasn't a dwarf, he was um, homosexual. I was reading just a little bit that a lot of this really aligns with the War of the Roses, right? Tell us about that. The, so the main conflict in the War of the Roses, as it broke out, was between two figures, um, Richard of York, who, would, who was the father of Edward IV, and he was the sort of um, the richest aristocrat in the land, and his main rival was Margaret, who was a queen. She was French. And, and they're sort of very similar, based on Ned Stark and um, Cersei. You know, and Richard of York, in real life, he ends up getting beheaded... Uh, Margaret was a very disliked figure, but also she was just doing what was right for her son. She just wanted her son. Confusingly, he was also called Edward. Almost everyone in the War of the Roses had well, Edward, Henry, or Richard. They were very unoriginal with names. They didn't seem to change it up very much, did they? No. I, th- I mean, people in the medieval period were... Uh, there's even, you know, a lot of the War of the Roses were recorded by a family called the Pastons. It's very confusing because the father was called John Paston, and he had two sons. They were called John One and John too. And just in real life, in real life, Margaret's son, who was also called Edward, uh, was just like Joffrey. He was supposed to be a sort of sadist. He was a teenage, um, uh, he was a sort of teenage sadist with a great interest in, in violence. And he, he even asked for uh, two, two of the enemy soldiers to be beheaded in front of him when he was very, very young. When you, when you look at it, was it very much at that time kind of divided up into houses? Is that really how things used to be? Oh, yeah, very much so, because there was no, um, well, I mean, there was, there were states, so England and France, it, Game of Thrones is, uh, it is British, not just England, it's France also, and so in the Reach, uh, in, um, in Westeros, is based on France, it's very similar, it's a land of wine, flowing rivers, and they would fight behind them, so people's loyalties were towards their sort of, um, their local, the local leader, rather than to any kind of ideological or national figure, that would be just impossible. And, and that was the main thing. There were lots of, lots of the sort of violence was done in revenge for people's fathers being killed and for their brothers being killed. And, you know, it, came, it, was such, it was so violent. I mean, the, the estimates say a quarter of English aristocratic men died violently during the 15th century. It was the most violent period um, in, you know, even in medieval. That was incredible even for the time. I mean, that would be astronomical. Even the worst societies in, in, in history, they were nowhere near that in modern times. Um, just as it was a culture of violence and revenge. What did the common people kind of think about that? Because when I watch Game of Thrones and I see the common people, so to speak, going to war essentially to have revenge for somebody's brother getting killed or these things that I would think the common people wouldn't care about at all, how? why did they fight? Like, why did they get involved? Uh, well, money. <laughs> Some, a lot of the time they just had no choice, really. Uh, a lot of the fighting takes place in the border between England and Scotland. So the people, um, if you are not a border person in Northumbrian uh, or if you're a Scot in southern Scotland, and bear in mind, they both speak the same language. So they kind of knew, understand each other's cultures, which is basically the same. You know, when the Rampagian army comes across into your area, they're going to just kill everyone. They're, they're going to rape the women and take them. And, and so that, that war would affect you. And likewise in France, some of them would have had quite a personal loyalty to their lords because sometimes a lord would, have, would help them out. And, you know, if it was a good lord would make your life a lot easier. He would get you justice. Uh, he would in, in, you know, ensure that you had enough to eat. And, and so you probably felt a sense, quite a lot of loyalty to him. Um, if you had a bad lord, then <laughs> your life was going to be very, very bad indeed. The, um, aristocratic, aristocrats very rarely died in war. They were mostly just captured. And it was a bit of a game. If you were common sort of peasants at the time, your life was hell in war because you were just, there were obviously no rules protecting you, and you, you know, routinely murdered raped. By the time of the War of the Roses, everything completely changed. The chivalry system broke down because Edward I and his son started at- executing aristocrats, which was completely unheard of before. And slowly this system started breaking down. So during the War of the Roses, um, you know, during one battle, they were, they were shout before, kill the, kill the nobleman, uh, spare the commons. So all the, basically, the... Uh, the ordinary people of England were, were barely affected by the War of the Roses. I mean, it was all aristocrats killing each other with professional soldiers, and there was no sort of rampaging through cities. So something that I want to do to kind of um, play a little, I guess you would call it word association, I'll give you a character's name, tell me who they kind of remind you or who they're based off of, or if it's a composite character, tell me that. But right. let's start with, let's say, Jon Snow. I mean, Jon Snow and Tyrion, I suppose, are the two characters we're supposed to really 
sympathize with. I mean, one, the one thing, and I actually didn't think about this in the book, I didn't put it until after, I thought, the one analogy, most, probably most of all, is with Jesus, because he comes back to life. Let, let me ask you, would it be easier to do it in terms of, like, you tell me the ones that have really good parallels, or is it easier for me to ask the question? Uh, the most, uh, okay, the most obvious one, I suppose, the ones I've talked about, Ned Stark is uh, very similar to uh, Richard, who was Duke of York. He had uh, four surviving sons. Uh, yeah, four surviving sons. Well, I mean, no one survived in the end. Um, uh, and he was the head of one of the major families. He ended up getting beheaded. And his son, his eldest son, Edward's Rosen Rebellion. His son, Edward IV, becomes the inspiration for two figures, really. He becomes a figure, firstly, for... Um, a young Rob Stark, who was a very heroic figure, but then later he becomes more like Robert Baratheon. Although Robert Baratheon was also quite similar to Henry VIII, who become, who's, you know, who was also Edward IV's grandson. If it's not again too confusing, like Karl Drogo is very similar to Attila the Hun. Uh, Attila Hun was the le- was the leader of the most terrifying of the tribes at the end of the Roman Empire. All these nomadic figures come into Europe. Uh, they terrify the Romans, and they terrify other barbarians, most of all. Many of them move into Roman territory to escape them. Um, the Hun were the most scary. They came from Central Asia. Um, and so the Dothraki are kind of inspiration for a lot of these Central Asian horsemen. Um, he, he, most obviously, he insisted on marrying a Roman princess, uh, who obviously wasn't very happy about the idea. And then he died in a sort of feast of a nosebleed, a very silly, a very sort of silly, uh, unimportant way to die. Speaking of which, the Mad King, um, in, in the War of the Roses starts because Henry VI, who's king of England, he went mad. Uh, unfortunately, he inherited his grand his grandfather, King Charles of France, was also mad, uh, which caused the second part of the War of the Roses. And he thought he was made of glass sometimes, and sometimes he thought he was being bitten. Um, and and he, he went insane one day and killed four people. And his grandson, Henry VI of England, inherited this illness. And so in his 20s, he didn't become a, he wasn't sort of glamorous um, sort of mad figure like the Mad King in, in Westeros who sort of set fire to people. He sort of withdrew on himself uh, and then ended up in a catatonic state, just staring into space. And this is what led the sort of the biggest uh, baron in the country, who was Richard of York, the inspiration Ned Stark, to, to basically begin the War of the Roses because they couldn't have uh, a king who was insane running the country because the country was going going down the toilet. So Henry VI's wife was Margaret's, uh, Margaret d'Anjou, who was, this all features in Shakespeare as well. So she was a French princess and, and she's of the obvious inspiration of Cersei, much by far had the most in common with Cersei. She's kind of cunning um, and everyone at the time says she has more of the, the male qualities that her husband, than her husband. Um, and she has more of the male qualities than most of the men around her. She's a very strong woman. She's grown up with a grandmother who was used to, and a lot of these aristocratic women, because their husbands are often away fighting, they were used to running their old households. So she was a very headstrong figure, but that wasn't really admired at the time. It was, you know, that she was called a rago, referred to later as the she-wolf of France. And so she's one inspiration for um, Cersei. Another one is um, Isabella, uh, who was the king, the queen of England uh, 150 years before. During the start of this book is when... Um, so the Great Famine starts. She was married to Edward II, and he, because he was, um, because he was gay, almost certainly gay. Um, he had uh, he went off with his lover, uh, and his first lover was killed by the Baron. But his second lover was married to Hugh the Spencer, who was extremely violent, um, very sinister figure. And um, the Queen ended up escaping uh, from England, Isabella, and she um, she she was very very good at disassembling, um, very good at hiding her feeling, very clever. She firstly sort of outwitted her sister, and her two sisters-in-law were both cheating on their husbands, who were her brothers, and one of, both of them had become future kings of France, uh, and she tricked them by giving them special presents without realising she'd expected them to give the presents onto the, her lovers, and the two lovers ended up getting flayed which is a very very cruel and unusual punishment, even in medieval times, um, which the House Bolton do in Game of Thrones, is when all your skin is ripped off and people end up dying of almost hypothermia normally. It's an incredibly painful thing. She but almost most, sounds like Aya a little bit. Well, yeah, Aya's more of an interesting... Cause she's, there, there, is like a, there, is, um, there are a couple of uh, female uh, sort of warrior figure, female pirates that come into the Hundred Years' War 
When you look back on it, I mean, is there anybody that stands out as just this person was just the worst person? Cesare Borgia was probably like the worst person of all. He was the Renaissance. His father was uh, the Pope, Pope Alexander VI. And he was, you know, a real Renaissance torturer. He used to, he used to shoot at people from his uh, balcony with his crossbow for fun and laugh. He had that real insanity, that sort of real cruelty. Um, almost certainly murdered his own brother, and he murdered. He tried to murder his sis, his sister's lover. Uh, and it's interesting as the as the period, you know, as we go towards so this is the end period, it becomes the Renaissance period, which starts off in Italy in the early fifteenth century, and then because England is is a fair bit less advanced, and that's a bit later. But as the um, Renaissance period comes along, people become the more sinister, uh, more cynical. Torture becomes almost becomes much worse as we enter. Even though the word medieval became so pejorative, you think of medieval conditions. The early modern modern period is where torture became much worse. And also, I mean, I do include in the book there is a ch- there is a chapter on the Roman. A lot of like Essos has a feel. It's, it feels like Rome or ancient Greece or Egypt. It's got that kind of feel. Um, so I had to do a thing on the film, and obviously the Emperor Nero was, you know, by far the worst of, of any figure almost in history until the 20th century. I mean, he was so sadistic. You know, he, beat, he kicked his wife to death, and then he tortured, then he murdered his his mother. He murdered another mistress. He brutally tortured Christians in a way that even the other Romans thought was completely <laughs> sick, and they and they had no real sympathy for them. Yeah, so he he sort of stand out. Like Mad King, really, really bad guy. All these people, though, you know, you hear these stories about it. Why didn't somebody do something about it? Like, if this guy was just up there shooting people with his crossbow, like, why didn't people stop this? You know, it's just fear. I mean, in 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 Italy, some certain families were very powerful, and you never like the Medici family in Florence were extremely powerful, and you know, someone rivals did try to overthrow them, although they weren't particularly bad. But the punishments for, for trying and failing were like, you know, extremely hard and the, extremely high. I mean, in England, it was more simple because there was, by this stage, you had an established order of the crown. If you get rid of a king, his son would just take over. It wasn't like you can have regime changes. In fact, the War of the Roses starts because with the overthrow of Richard II, who, who was also another figure who's obviously an inspiration for Joffrey. He's very young, um, immature, can be very cruel. Um, he's also very paranoid, and but you know he's paranoid. But also, people are out to get him, so he's not entirely like in his imagination. And he he fights with his rivals. Um, five of the most powerful barons go against him, and eventually, one of them just says, "You know what? I'm taking over." And that, and then there's kind of fear because people realise well, once you start this, it's never going to end. In terms of like you know one of my favorite parts of Game of Thrones is kind of the the conversations between like Varys and Littlefinger and the political maneuvering. Yeah. Was there that kind of stuff going on like behind the scenes stuff happening as well? People maybe that weren't the leaders necessarily, but they were really running things. Yeah, well that that's much more um, uh, that's much more of an Italian thing, right? So around this period, so most of what we actually have recorded, I mean, so much of the comment on. What happening was from Italian ambassadors, for example, because Italy was just so much more advanced at the time. Um, but that kind of scheming and machinations was much more typical of Italian politics. Uh, and obviously, at this point, slightly, slightly later, Machiavelli comes along. Um, and a lot of you know, Varys is like the ultimate Machiavellian figure. And Tyrion is also quite Machiavellian as well, in the sense of, I mean, that Machiavelli wasn't a bad guy, but he just, he was, he anal- analyzed, um, he was interested in intrigue and he was interested in you know the brutal reality of politics and Scotland although Scotland has a lot of inspirations for Game of Thrones themes partly an inspiration for the North but also partly for the Wildlings so a lot of Scottish history also comes into that um, the Red Wedding is, is based on a real event that takes place um, between rival families in, in, um, in Edinburgh Castle and you can go there if you go to Edinburgh which is a beautiful city you can see exactly where this took place, where you know these two brothers were invited, and then a signal was given, and they were sort of brutally beheaded. Let me let me ask you this question: Which place would do you think you would rather live? Which one sounds worse, the actual history or Westeros? If you were an aristocrat, I think I'd probably be in Westeros. 
I think if I was a common person, uh, if I was not a small person, a small folk member, I would probably be in real life because it wasn't quite as bad for them by this stage. In the earlier stage, because there's another, so Joffrey is based on the character called Eustace, who was, there was an earlier civil war, that complicated thing, in the 12th century. Uh, and that, at that time, the, the peasants were much more brutalized. And it was, people just took over castles, you just tortured whoever you wanted. Um, and then the leader, the leader of one uh, family, he was called Eustace, he was the son of the King of England, Stephen. He was a very particularly brutal figure, and he went along. He he, he ravaged this uh, monastery in Peterborough. And then he stuck, and it wasn't it was buried. And then um, he sat down to eat, and he choked to death. And it was never known if it was um, just choking or someone did him in. But he was mostly hated. What do you think happens? Who do you think ends up on the Iron Throne? I don't know. I mean, it seems obvious it has to be either like John or Daenerys. But I just think. Uh, the fact that I think people probably want it to be one of those two or them together or something in some weird incestuous thing uh, means I imagine they're probably going to get killed, right? It's, it has to be someone. I think it'll be, it'll be like Sansa or something. I think it is going to be Jon Snow, but after he becomes the new Night King. What uh, then? Uh, what do you got coming up? When does the book come out? Is it when is it available? Where can you get it? All that kind of stuff. Um, well, the book's out on April the 9th, but you can order it from Amazon now, and I think you might even get a copy before then. So that's just six six days before the first episode, I think. I want to thank Ed West so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, you want to buy his book, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check our RSS feed, and that has a link to his book as well. Okay, now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. And I have spent the last week basically trying to build him up. I've been really nice in text messages, and I was going to be so nice that I wanted him to get suspicious about it, but he just did something that has thrown that whole plan completely out the window. Hello? Have you noticed something different about our text message exchanges all week? Not really. Well, I've been trying to be really nice to you because you're sensitive and soft, as we have many times established. And now I'm just, I'm, I'm furious with you. Why is that? Because you ask me a dumb question? No, I'm furious because, number one, how could you let your phone get all the way down to 8% before you realized it wasn't charging? And number two, and more importantly, why do you even have a landline? Why did you buy that? Uh, because landlines are important in case of natural disasters. That's not true. They can natural disaster as somebody who lived in the Midwest in Kansas and has seen tornadoes come through. They knock out the phone lines. They don't work during natural disasters. First off, I'm not, I'm not going to dignify anything that you say. Secondly, I had my phone plugged into seven o'clock. And even though the charger gives my phone the charging little electric volt thing, it still drains the battery. So while I thought it's been charging for the last two hours, it actually has been draining my battery. Why? How much are you paying for your landline? I I don't even know, to be honest. It, it can't be more than $15. Even then? That's a wasted $15. I mean, I wish I could tell you that it was my decision. It wasn't my decision. You don't go through the finances and ask questions and be involved in the financial stability of your family? I was asked if I wanted a landline, and I said, I, I don't really care one way or the other. So then you were kind of involved in it. But, I mean, I, I can't tell you for dollar, for dollar, dollar what accounts. I know what my phone bill is, Yeah, but I can't tell you how much the landline takes up of it. Are you, after this, going to go look at your phone bill, realize that you're probably paying $30 a month for a landline that you don't need and shouldn't have, and then cancel it? See, I think I, I think the, the main reason right now is you're not upset with me. You're upset with yourself. Why is that? It's not true. I'm legitimately angry at the fact that you have a landline. But go ahead no, and explain. I, I, no, I, I think you're upset because yet again, you post these polls on Facebook for people to vote in. And I'm pretty sure I'm whipping you like 70 to 30 yet again. Here's the problem with that is that in our last poll, I forgot to put whose poll was whose. 
And my we poll, which was my poll, yeah, but nobody reads that. They look at one thing and they vote for it. So I think that poll should be completely thrown out the window, although I am losing quite badly in most of our polls. But I just think that's because people aren't really... Genius is always misunderstood at first, and I think that I'm just going through that period before people really realize that my lists are actually the better lists. <laughs> okay, sure. Thanos getting arrested. That's the biggest upset of all time. That really is legitimately the biggest upset of all time. I think people I just I went I went too too inside baseball on it. That was my mistake. I beat you with a top five sandwiches list, and I had fried bologna sandwich on mine. Apparently, everyone hates it, but yet everyone still loved my top five more than yours. That's because you share it to all of your 85 family members, and they just automatically vote for you like some kind of cult. That's not true. I'm pretty sure more of my family votes for you than they do for me. That may or may not be true. Look, let me ask you a more important question here. Would you rather have a proportionately big head and a small body or a big body and a small head? <laughs> I mean, I'd probably go big head, small body. No, I think you go small body, big head. I mean... No, wait, wait. did I mess that up? No, I think... <laughs> you fucked it up again, that's what I said. I think that you go... I think you go big body, small head. Because a big head is... That's what re- I said. Yeah, but a big head, listen, listen, a big head is really noticeable. People would have to look at you for a while to realize that your head is too small. <laughs> I just, every time I think of a small head, big body, I think, have you ever seen the movie Men in Black? Yeah, there's like three of them, so which one? Men in Black, the original one. If I wanted to ask you for Men in Black 2... I would have said Men in Black 2. You're going to always identify exactly which sequel movie that you're talking about. Like, you don't say just, hey, have you seen Rocky? You're you're talking about specifically Rocky when you say that. You're not seeing talking about... I disagree. You disagree with me on everything. I can tell you the sky is orange, and you're going to say, no, the sky is, is, is yellow-red. Really, if you think about it, the sky actually doesn't have a color. I believe it's projected on from the ocean. So the sky itself is not actually colored. You're seeing a reflection. See what I'm saying? That's exactly my point. You're suffering from you not being able to beat me in any of these Facebook polls. Let me ask you this question now. When you go take a shower, where is the towel? Are you bringing the towel to the shower or are you leaving it on the rack? Uh, I put it on the toilet, which is next to the shower. You put your towel on the toilet? Well, I mean, the, the lid is down, and I fold it nice. Oh, because, because germs and germs don't move at all. They just fucking stay exactly where you are. They don't get my, spread. Hold on, dick cheese. What I'm saying is my towel racks are, I mean, they're not far. It's a bathroom, but, like, I would have to get out of the shower, step onto the bath mat and then walk three steps to get to the towel rack or i can turn the shower off stay in the shower and get the towel from the toilet seat which is right next to the to the uh to the shower see i get out of the shower and walk across to the toilet i mean to the towel rack i mean you you also you know you live in arizona where it's 90 degrees every day it's never cold in your house you know so if Some you cannot, if you can't survive the four seconds it takes to stop the shower water and then get the towel, that's why you're soft. Are you really telling me that you're like actively getting into the shower, thinking, "Oh, I don't want to be cold for two and a half seconds, so I've got to have Sorry, my towel with me." I can't. I can't listen to anything you're saying about this. You obviously have never gotten up at four a.m. on a negative ten degree day to have to go to work. And you have to get in the shower first, knowing you're going to freeze your ass off the entire day. Have you, um, you work in the news business still, correct? Uh, last time I checked. Have you ever covered a story about someone dying of uh, hyperthermia because of that? Because they weren't able to survive that two and a half second transition? <laughs> Once again, that's not my point. We're so, the, but, 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 
But I am correct in saying that no one has ever really suffered any sort of adverse effects from being cold for two and a half seconds. Instead, you're putting your towel on the toilet. I want to point it out that you started this conversation by saying, uh, I've been nice to you this week. For one, it's only fucking Monday. (laughs) And two, two... You are, you are just a little ball of flames right now. I'm so upset about the fact that you have a landline. I just it's it's ridiculous. I I guarantee you if that was the next Facebook poll, people there there would be more people that say they either would want an, a landline or have a landline still. How when's the last time you made a phone call on the landline not specifically because you thought I'm going to make sure to use this landline? Um well, I mean, I mean, what do you mean? Like me calling the landline or like using the landline to call somebody? Either one. My my wife's cell phone doesn't get reception in most areas of her house, so I often call the landline if she's here and I'm and I need to talk to her. Have you ever called your wife from inside the house? No, we don't we don't have a big house. Have you? I have never called her, no. You should start. Well, actually, no, that's a lot. I have, but only since we've had a child. And it's if I'm like, you know, if the if my kid's sleeping on me or something and I don't want to get up and the wife's in the other room, I'll, like, try to, like, call her, like, you know, hey, come here, or, you know, or get up or blah, blah, blah. For people who do not have children, they're probably thinking that's incredibly lazy. People who do have children, though, will immediately understand that that's a legit reason. Thank you. Look at you. You that was a nice comment. You're getting you're getting so much nicer as this conversation progresses. But think of how much money you could save and have for that child's college fund by not having a landline. What? Let me ask you this. What is your issue with a landline? It's a waste. I don't like waste. <laughs> How, but, I mean, how is it a waste? You don't use it and you don't need it. You don't need a landline and a cell phone that you probably have with you in your pocket or hand 95% of the time. Believe it or not, I do not have my cell phone on me when I'm at home usually. Oh, it's not in the house? You leave it in the car, parked in the street? No. Just because I say it's not on me doesn't mean that it's not in my house. But, as you know, being in our profession... Sometimes it's nice just to disconnect every once in a while. But you're not disconnecting because you have the landline. They can just call you on the landline. Really, you're making yourself even more connected, which again is stupid to have a landline. No, because only certain people have the landline number because nobody, myself included in today's world, I, I don't think I've ever asked anybody since I've become an adult if I can have their their home phone number. Well, because nobody has a home phone except for you. Well, then I then I guess I'm I, I'm a, a rare commodity in today's world. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm now gonna because I'm on a three hour time difference. I'm now gonna start calling your landline number that I now have at all times of the night <laughs> until you cancel. For those, it. Who, for those who don't know, I I had asked Nick because my cell phone does not appear to be charging correctly. So I asked him if we, you know, could could do it on my landline today, and he now is throwing a little fit like a three-year-old little boy. I'm very upset about this landline situation. It's fucking ridiculous. John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 pew. John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 John's Fast Five. My God! In a second. Wait. This isn't going to work while he's out awake. You know that, right? Do you have a top five? Or, you know, not a top five. Do you have your fast five? What's going on? No, you ask me every week, and you seem to like where we just talk about one topic. Yeah, you know, and and then, I mean, our top fives are, they're, they're the show. That's why people tune in. It's for our top fives. Which apparently aren't going well for me. The reason that I ask you is because I want an excuse <laughs> to play close. I want an excuse to play that music, the intro. <laughs> and then have you say no I don't. Well there, well there I just set you up perfectly for it. I know. What's the big thing that you want to talk about? I mean, first of all, your bracket I, is probably destroyed, but that's not the point. What uh well, what what's on your mind? My bracket is destroyed. Uh 
Oh. Uh, I mean, did you even do a bracket? Did we talk about this? No, I didn't do one. I'm tired of losing. But this does lead me to one question. How do you feel about the sports person that you're watching like sports with, whether you're at work or at a bar or at home or whatever, and they're constantly like, that's a foul. Ref should have called that as a foul. Oh, that's their <laughs> ball. They're, they're suddenly the greatest expert at all sports, and they have uh, to let you know about it. Well, I mean, I'm glad you asked because I actually have quite the – opinion which i'll keep to myself however why would you keep it to yourself well because i i don't think we as people who are not involved in the game or even ex-athletes but you know you hear that a lot like name any sport we'll just take basketball i guess you know they'll, they'll go to like a you know an ex like an ex-official and he'll be like the referee should have done this and this and this like you're, you're not there i mean these are grown-ass men and women sometimes that are fa- that are fast as hell making split-second decisions. Mistakes happen. Like, I... We agree on this, I think. Like, I... It really annoys me, especially when you're sitting there watching it with, a, you know, just somebody who has no idea or has never played a sport. So we, um, we agree that we hate that person. Yes. No, I wanted to ask you, and it's... It's actually a real-life topic, but I, I wanted your opinion. What's a fake-life topic? Tell me that. Go fuck yourself. So, uh, I, I think it was over the weekend. It might have been Friday night. I forget which exact day, but there was a University of South Carolina student. She was drunk, had had ordered an Uber, and she got into another car. Do you know the story? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. She got into a car, which was not her Uber. Guy allegedly, uh, you know, took her uh, into, I mean, maybe he murdered her before, but they found her body in a field. Yeah. So my question to you is, have you ever been that wasted, inebriated, high, whatever, that you've ordered some kind of rideshare service, and without confirming, you know, that it is your rideshare, or whatever you're using, taxi, doesn't matter, you just get into the vehicle? Here's the thing. I personally have not done that, but I think you've got to watch out for that idea of kind of blaming the victim for what happened. Like, yeah, you probably, you should have done these things, but you also shouldn't have been picked up and murdered. I mean, that's number one of the first stuff like that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought to do that. I would have just gotten the car. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not blaming the victim. I mean, I... I feel horrible, as, as I'm sure everybody does. It's a terrible situation. But what I don't understand is, you know, she they, they have surveillance video of her getting into the car. Now, you no one knows how drunk she was, obviously. But my first question is, with Uber and uh, Lyft, um, you know, you, you get the driver. You get a picture of the driver. You get the make, the model. You know, sometimes they'll call you if they don't see you. You know, just to randomly get into the car without checking it, I hate to say it, but I think it's a good lesson for everybody, you know, to pay attention to. I mean, I'm not blaming the victim whatsoever. No, I mean, I, 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 I see what you're saying in the sense that it's definitely a cautionary tale for people to watch out a little bit more. Like, I get what you're trying to say in that sense. That's not something that I would have thought to do, but I think that women also kind of live in a world that men don't have to live in, right? Like, a guy doesn't really have to worry about something like that. That's something that women absolutely have to worry about, and it wouldn't wouldn't occur to us. Oh, for sure. And that's, that. you know, that's the one thing is, you know, how many times are, are you know, like as a guy going to college, how many times did you go to a party by yourself? Oh, yeah, you don't, but I mean, a, a, a woman could never do that. And I don't think that yeah. men understand that at all. Well, I mean, what what I mean, was that? What did, did you just drop a bowling ball? Men, so we get it. Did you just huh? drop a bowling ball in the back? What was that? No, I'm trying to get my phone to charge because I'm currently at one percent. Did you slam something down? What happened? No, I unplugged uh, an outlet, trying to plug my charger in, and it's 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 just not it's not working right now. So I'm probably going to die here in about 30 seconds. Okay. Well, I'll just call you back on your landline. Thank God you fucking have it. <laughs> Can I tell you that it will be fitting 
if you have to call me on the landline. Have you tried multiple outlets? Yes. You ha- I've been at this since like 8.15 when I first checked my phone. Did you reset the outlet? No, because the outlet's working. How do you know the outlet's working? Did you plug something else into the outlet? Yes. What did you plug in? Uh, I mean, I know it's working because it starts to charge and stops charging. Hmm, interesting. Maybe you've overcharged it and you don't even know it. No, that's 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 dumb. That's not even a thing. <laughs> yeah, that probably is pretty dumb. Um, <laughs> before your phone dies, then, and before I have to call you on the landline, are you? How excited are you about our top our top five? I'm beyond excited, Sir Vinzant, first of his name. I'm not the first of my name. I have a father. No, wait. Third, third you are, of his name. See, no, I tried something. And you know you're just you're just angry. That's all you are. No, I, you know what? You're correct. I am the first because I'm the first Nick. So I would be the first of my name. You would be the what? Second of your name? Yes. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> but just doesn't have the same ring big, to it. There's a big difference between you know Samuel Tarley and Tyrion Lannister, which is who you are. Well, pronounce it correctly, please. It's Tyrion, not Tyrion. Tyrion, Tyrion, go fuck yourself. How about that? Okay, so our top five is top five best Game of Thrones characters. Let me ask you this, though. How did you approach it? Did you pick your favorite ones, or did you pick what you think are like, this is actually the best character in terms of their development, their story, all that kind of stuff? Or did you say, I like the Hound. Hound is number one. Oh, I, I, I clearly went based upon my own personal opinion i could care less what people think about my list and if they vote all against me i i went 100 percent who i like in the show okay who's your number five then so uh my number five uh we're gonna start off in the lannister clan it's not a clan it's a house by the way sir jamie of the house lannister i i have him on the list as well, I think you're ridiculously low and that you didn't really think out the character very well. I mean, the guy lost a hand, so he gets points deducted for that. I'm going to say sure. I'm going to save my rage about your number 5 pick until later on in the show. He he's turning soft on us. He's not turning he's, soft, yeah. he's growing a back. We'll save this for later on. My number 5 is Fine. um hot pie. <laughs> all right, no, for real. Who's your number five? Okay, it's it's our it's 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 Arya. Uh, okay, I mean, underrated. Uh, underrated. The yes, fuck she, are you talking should, about? Underrated. Should not be number five on your list. Ooh, this is shaping up to be a good list. If you think that my number five is is as ridiculous as I think your number five is. Yeah, I I, I think you're absolutely ridiculous to have her that that low, but. I guess I will save my, our, uh, you know, rant, like you're saving your Jamie rant, for when we get to her on my list. Okay. I do think that there, that you could really make a case that so many people could be switched in and out. Like, it's it's really close. Like, I could I can make a case for all of the people in my top five as a number one character. Well, and I think we need to do an honorable mention, because I have some honorable mentions, too. All of them? No, not all of them, but some of them. Okay, what's your number four? Uh, Bron. Ah, uh, Bron for me is a little bit higher, but I'm glad that you put him on the list. He has to be on the list, if not only because he, he makes he makes the show fun. I mean, he's his one-liners, his dick jokes. Plus, he's a badass. Yeah, in in the books, he's not quite he's not as prominent. I think they figured out how much people like him in the show, and then they're like, okay, we need to make him a bigger character. I mean, I, I I have to tell you that him and Ser Jorah Mormont, yeah, very close. But uh, you know, I had to pick one or the other, so I went with. Uh, are you in a construction zone? No, I'm at I'm at a certain place where uh, people are getting out of something and acting like jackasses. <laughs> because one of these uh, people who may or may not be a co-worker recently crashed his car and now all of he that he has is like a little air horn that he uses as a horn 
that uh, <laughs> that coworker shall remain nameless. That coworker shall remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I went Jamie Lannister and Braun. Who's your number four? My number four is Tywin. Uh, all right, I, I he's honorable mention for me. I like Tywin. I always thought he was level-headed, though when he started banging Tyrion's uh, girl, that was a little weird to me. But you know, it is what it is. He, I think, he was like he was the perfect guy. Like he was the perfect kind of father figure leader for that area until he just let his anger over Tyrion get to him, and then he went too far. You know, I never understood why he was so, or I never understood. I hope they explain it more, but I don't understand why he was so pissed off at Tyrion. I mean, I know, like, you know, his wife died while she was giving birth, and he's a a little man, but, like, Tyrion's a badass. You don't watch the show very carefully, do you? I I do. I know know what he said, but, like, I, I never understood, you know, why he hated him so much. Tyrion's not his real son. No, I, I know that. You don't know that. You didn't that's know that at I all. Said, that's why I said he was upset uh, when, when you know, the girl that was giving birth to Tyrion passed away. Which one? Okay, you don't, you don't, are you picking up what I'm saying? So you yeah, think, yeah, I got gotcha. you. You think gotcha. that Tywin, do you think that Tywin is Tyrion's father? No. Okay. All right, because because if you watch the show carefully, which I think you're backtracking and trying to cover yourself a little bit, Tyrion is able to touch the dragon, and only Targaryens are basically are allowed to do that. So they think that Tyrion might actually be a Targaryen. Targaryen. Yeah, but that's not that hasn't been proved yet. I'm not going to get into that necessarily. I mean, what in the show has been proved? You looking for scientific evidence? I can tell you what, Ned doesn't have a head anymore. <laughs> too soon. I, too soon. Too soon. Man. It's like eight years ago, too soon. And too soon. You still there? I'm still here. Okay. I thought you just stopped the sentence, so I figured that your phone died. Um, where are we no, at? I'm actually charging up. I'm standing up in my basement because the only outlet that will fucking charge my phone... I'm, I'm in, like, the laundry room right now next so, to my cat's litter box. So the point is it is your outlets, then. You didn't test your outlets. It's not my outlets. Well, so you just magically found this one fucking outlet that happens to charge your phone because that's what the problem. It wasn't the problem with the outlet. It was the phone didn't like that. I'm in the same spot, and so far it's charging. So instead of being a dick about it, (laughs) you should be happy that you don't have to call me on this godforsaken landline that you apparently hate. I just want you to admit the fact that you didn't test the outlet. I, I did test the outlet. Obviously not very well. You know what you should do? You should go get your coworker's air horn and shove it up your butt. <laughs> Who buys a fucking air horn, by the way? Why would you even have that? You know damn well that if that was you or I, we would have done the same thing. <laughs> yeah, probably. You're what number are you on? I'm on. I'm. I'm about to say my number three. Okay. Because you had the the off the wall pick of Tywin as your number four. Yeah, I had Arya and Ty when you had Jamie and then Braun, right? Yes. Okay, what's your number three? Number three is Ara. Aya. Arya, Ara. I mean, it's all up to interpretation. However, I have her that high because I actually think while all that garbage is going on with Jon Snow and Daenerys, that she is actually the key to everything. I I think that she is kind of just going to be like a random... I don't think that she's the key to everything. I think she's just kind of like a force of destruction and death that's in the show. I don't think that she's going to be elevated to any kind of high position or anything like that. I think that she's just there to be a cool character. Like, she doesn't have a larger purpose. I'm sure the final scene will be between Daenerys and Jon Snow, but I guarantee you... That the biggest awe moment of this last season, she'll have something to do with it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think that she's just there to kind of make big, like, she's just like a firework. She makes big explosions, but then ultimately that's it. My number three is a tie between Braun and Jack and Hagar. But see, first off, I'll give you credit. I, lo- I love the, that pick for number three. J- Jacken, that's how you say his name? Jacken? Whatever. Like you're not gonna get it right. Somebody. You're not gonna get it right anyway. So just keep moving. Yeah, I can. What? Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you have some phlegm in your throat. Yuckin'. Um, or jacking, but we don't have to talk about that. Uh, what is your thought on the faceless man? Men. That's what I said. It was men. No, you said man, as if there was only one. There's multiple faceless men. Well, I thought is I, I I think it's still this podcast. I hate you. <laughs> I think it's kind of again. It's like it's a subplot. It's not the big thing. I don't think there's going to be some grandiose, larger purpose. I just think that they're cool characters, like doing cool stuff, like they're CGI effects in a movie, essentially. That's that's an interesting, uh, interesting take, I suppose. All right, who's you? Who's your number two? Can can we pause for a quick station identification? Yeah. Because I, I think we need to give credit to our sponsors, Long John Silvers. Shout out to Long John Silvers, baby. I don't, I, I, I you know, I, I know that they're huge fans. And, you know, I think our goal should be to get uh, uh, somebody from Game of Thrones to listen to this podcast and then like us. Because then, our, you know, we'll just skyrocket. I don't, I mean, we're never going to reach that level. We might be able to get like a guy, an extra that once walked by the set, but that's about it. No. Uh, uh, let's see. My number two, you're going to hate me for this, but I remember it's my own personal list, so I have to go with uh, Robert Baratheon. What? I mean, it is your own personal list. It's a ridiculous pick. He was he was he was a cool character for the six episodes that he was in. I'm just I, kidding. April Fools. <laughs> I was gonna go on. I had this whole thing I was gonna go on, but anyways. Uh you probably will hate my actual number two though. Okay. Uh which is Ned's head. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was also a joke. Um no, for real. My actual number two is uh the Night King. Okay. Yeah, because I, mean, I the concept one, of it is really cool. I've I hope he show. wins. I hope the Night King wins. I really hope that he wins because I think that sets not only that would be a cool way to end the show, but that would be set a precedent in terms of like I'm tired of all the happy endings. I want to see like no, this is how this really ends and the bad guy wins. Well, we know that's not going to happen, but we don't know that. I there's so many questions regarding the Night King and the White Walkers, and I mean the guy killed a dragon with a. Uh, virtually an ice spear, but it's he's just it's just a it's a badass angle, and I, I love the fact that they always come back around. You know, as soon as you think, oh, where the fuck are the White Walkers? Then they come back, and it's you know, it's just I you have to put him at number two. I I mean, if he's not in your top five, I, I don't think you have an accurate top five of the show. Ooh, well, he's not in mine. My number two is Tyrion. Ooh. Whatever your number one is, then yeah, um, you thought you thought that was going to be I. I like Tyrion. I think he's a great character, but I just don't think he has ultimately the kind of character development that my number one has. Well, I mean, we already know your number one is. Yeah, my number one. I'll just go ahead and give it is Jamie. I I didn't like him at first. I think that's probably one of the biggest turnarounds in in TV show and literature history. I mean, to go from what he was to what he is now. And all of the, I mean, if you think about it in this sense, like he's one of the best fighters in Westeros and then he loses his hand. Like he starts the whole character over. All he does is for everything for his sister. And then he's probably going to kill his sister. And he was basically this scumbag. And then he becomes the most noble of the family. Like, I think that is the best character in Game of Thrones. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't hate on Jamie. He's on my top five. I, I think it is interesting that you have back-to-back Lannisters at your top two spots. Well, they are a central focus of the story, right? But you know, in, in terms of houses, it obviously shows. You know, and, and you know, you have blonde hair and you're a little man, so it's fine that you go with him. It's all good. Um, I, I'm more like Robert Baratheon. I think you're Samuel Tarligan. Everybody damn well knows it. I know, God damn it. If he something um, happened to that actor, they could just see a picture of you and be like, oh, we got it. Don't worry about it. No one will even know. <laughs> I mean, I, I have sent, you know, these showrunners my photo every day for three years hoping that he needed an extra, but they never cast him in anything where he does anything other than sits there and tries to be smart. So it was just I'm kind of fucked. Exactly what you do, basically. So my number one, 
I also uh, uh, go with the Lannister house, oh. and uh, it's Cersei. See, that's she's not to me the reason that 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 she's she is what I look. This is my th- thought process on it. Like they're great characters, Arya, Cersei. Jon Snow, they're great characters, Daenerys, but you know exactly what they're all about, like, the whole way through, right? Like, you know, right. what, you see what's coming, like, how this goes. Jamie's the only one who really makes a turnaround. That's why I think that he's the best character. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in one second. My, the reason why I love Cersei is kind of for what you just said. Like, she's a badass in the sense that she'll do anything to protect her family. That's the only thing that matters. I mean, she walked through the entire, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever you want to Westeros or whatever, uh, naked. Well, she didn't. It was either that or die. I mean, she didn't really have another choice. But I mean, she's a badass, and then she blows up. Uh, you know, I, I forget what that is. The um, Sept of Baylor or whatever. That's actually yeah. Uh, like, look, I I agree with you. She does a lot of badass things, but a lot of people do a lot of badass things. She's just in the books. She's written as a little bit uh, dumber, I guess you could say. Now, in terms of character development, uh, and this person made my honorable mention uh, is I think Sansa has Sansa. Quite th- Why can't you pronounce said, it correctly? I said Sansa. You said it like Stanza. It's Sansa Stark. Costanza, whatever. Uh, I think her character has come full circle. Just like Jamie's has, just in a completely different fashion. To me, she she's not interesting to me at all, in any way. Well, I'm not. I never said she was interesting, but I think in terms of character development, from where she starts to from to where she is now, I mean, she's grown up in front of her eyes, so to speak. I would say she's actually my least favorite character. Who are you going to go least favorite? I would actually put her below Hot Pie. <laughs> Least favorite. Yeah, um, she's probably my least favorite character. Who's yours? Does like Rickon Stark count or no? <laughs> it's Dickon. <laughs> oh wait a minute, there is a Rickon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of the Starks, except for Ara. Yeah, I'm not really. I want the Starks to win, but I'm not really behind any of the Starks necessarily. I never liked Rob. I thought the Red Wedding. I was actually like, I was in shock, like everybody. But as it was happening, I was like. Well, at least it wasn't the Lannisters. <laughs> yeah, I kind of the, the right people won that one. Who else did? Who yeah. else did you? Who else is in your honorable mention? Just because you know you were just talking about him, Samwell. Yeah. Um, you you got to go, Jon Snow. I don't think you have to, but um, I forgot their names, so I'm gonna need some help here because I didn't I didn't I didn't look their names up. This... Uh, but the Jon Snow's wildling friend, the big orange-haired guy, Tormund. How do you forget yeah, Tormund's name? He's a great honorable mention, though. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, Tormund, and then uh, um, uh, Varys. Varys. Varys, yeah. Are... <sighs> I'm so angry right now. <laughs> what? The fact that you can't... Why can't you pronounce the names of the characters correctly? Uh, because, I, you know, as you say... I, I, you know, I just, I go 90% and then that's it. I think my honorable mention, I do like Podrick. I think Podrick is in there. Jesus Christ. Podrick is because Podrick also reminds me of you. Uh, you know, he, he, he kind of had a pretend thing with uh, Brienne for a while. Yeah, he did. I like Tormund. Tormund is definitely in there. I don't really care about the Hound. Sirio Pharrell, but that might be Jack and Hagar. It's a little bit unclear. I could care less about Littlefinger. It yeah, means I mean, nothing to I'm me. I'm glad what happened to Littlefinger. I don't care about Jorah Mormont. I like the the girl Mormont, the little badass. I like her. I like I liked his dad better. No, I don't like his dad better. I like I like the girl Mormont, Lady Mormont, the best. Okay. I don't really care about like the Daen- Daenerys. I think it's cool. I think she's in cool scenes, but. Yeah, that doesn't mean so much to me. Yeah, her like I said, her and Jon Snow are just meh to me. Um, if if I'm gonna put you on the spot here, uh, best killing so far in the show. <sighs> That's ooh, that is a good one. 
I'll give you a, 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 a minute because I'll tell you mine, which okay. was okay. the first season when uh, Kel Drogo Ooh. takes Daenerys' brother and he's like, you know, the brother's all upset and he's like, I want my crown. So uh, so Kel takes over the, you know, he puts in some gold into a pot, boils it up, and then he's like, crown fit for king or made for king, and then he pours it over his head and kills him. That was too intense for me. I couldn't watch it. Oh, well, that's not surprising. No, I think any of mine, mine or any time the dragon comes in. Like, I get hyped when I see the dragon comes in and just going to fuck some shit up. See, and I, I think that's unfair, and I'm, I'm happy that the White Walkers have a dragon now. Because, I, you know, it's, just, it's, un, it's an unfair advantage. Then maybe my, my best killing might have been Night King against the dragon. That was pretty cool. That was badass. You got to put Ned in there because, you know, that, that was like the first big awe moment. What do you think is ultimately going to happen? I I, I do think that the uh, humans are going to win. And I, I, I think that Jon Snow will take the throne at the end of the season uh, with Daenerys. I think they're going to rule together. And I think this is a great way to segue to our, your Game of Thrones, our Game of Thrones contest, by the way. Um, I don't really know who, like, what's going to happen to Cersei and to Jamie, though I do think they're both going to die. I think basically it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I think a lot of the characters die. And I think that's something that was said in the very beginning, I think in the TV shows, I know in the books, like if you think, one of the lines was, if you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. My my personal thought, which I kind of maybe is an outlier, but I could actually see happening at the same time, is that Jon Snow actually becomes the new Night King. Hmm. And then... So, uh- Obviously, he would be killed and then come back as the Night King. Well, I think that the White Walkers win, but Jon Snow takes out the Night King and becomes the new Night King and then kind of retreats. I think that's how it ends. You know, you couldn't even watch my favorite death scene because your parents never let you watch, you know, PG-13 movies growing up. How about we do this? If I'm more correct than you, I get to give out your landline number to all of our listeners. (laughs) Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. We want to hear what you guys think are the top five characters in Game of Thrones. Because I really think that you can make a strong argument for about ten characters that could be the best overall character. Don't forget about that Game of Thrones contest we have going on. You could win as much as $500. All you've got to do is go to ProfoundlyPointless.com, click on the Game of Thrones tab. We also love hearing you guys. You can leave comments there as well. One of the things that will get you extra points is following us on social media. We're Profoundly Pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on the next episode, I don't really know. I don't know. We might do, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.